May 22nd, 2022. Let's continue and finish Sha'ar Dalid of Nefesh HaHayim in turn. Finish the Sef and Nefesh HaHayim. Perek Lamed Dalid here on page 805 in the Nefesh HaTzimtum books. It says, From time destruction of the And in turn, we the children of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, We've been nigla, we've been exiled from the table. Kivyachol of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Shekhinat kevodo yitbarach, Azla umetarecha kivyachol, presence in some way or fashion has departed it's uh, it's divorced from us as a people uh, but we do still have ways of accessing it we still do have ways of course of communing with the lone remnant of that ability to uh, to attach in the most sublime fashion is Torah. says, when we, Am Yisrael, are able to appropriately engage, study, read, contemplate words of Torah, we become in turn a Mikdash Me'at. Of course, we're used to hearing Mikdash Me'at as a reference to Batek Nesiot, synagogues which are Mikdash Me'at. The Mikdash, of course, the Beta Mikdash was the Mikdash Gadol. We in turn have our Mikdash Me'at, says Nefesh Ha'chaim. We, in fact, as a nation, are a Mikdash Me'at through our study of Torah. After all, what was the Mikdash if not? The ability to find God's presence, His Shekhinah amongst us, to be able to reproduce that today is to bring forth Borei Olam into our lives through Torah. It is, after all, the statement from the day of the destruction of the Mikdash, Kivyachol HaKadosh Baruch Hu can and will be found specifically within the four Amot of Halakha. What does that mean? It means Boreonam is, is departed. It means our ability to access and find Him on a regular basis in our lives is generally speaking in the context of Talmud Torah. What does it mean, Arba Amot Shel Halakha? Arba Amot, generally speaking, and Talmudic terminology and halakha is the domain of a person. For example, if a person wants to make what's called a kinyan hasir, a person wants to acquire something, they can either have it in their actual home or domain and their courtyard, or alternatively, you can throw it within their four amot. Four amot is looked at that space. It's for that reason on Shabbat as well. You're not allowed to carry Bereshut Arabim. Arba Amot. It means Arba Amot is the personal domain. If you're looking for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's in, within that domain of Arba Amot. Arba Amot of whom? Of each individual person who's engaged in Torah. Ve'amru Sham, and furthermore the Gemara Masech Berachum Davvav. Something similar in the Mishnah uh, in Avot, but the statement is, how do you know that a person, even a single person, I mean, there's no Hevruta, there's no large gathering of people, single person studying Torah, how do you know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Shiruya, is dwelling together with him, Shene'ema Bechol HaMakom the statement is where my name is pronounced, the understanding is whether by him through us or uh, he on his own, in other words, the Makoma Mikdash, he'll come to us and bless us through Torah 
we find uh, God. I mean, it's not a, a difficult concept to comprehend, but it's a foundational one. Someone who finds me has found life. If you're seeking and searching for God, I'll be found in any place. In other words, I'm a portable mikdash me'at. Much as the mishkan was portable, so to his Torah, even more portable, because it's on an individual basis as opposed to one location. Balak, Reshbet Amudal Patah, Amar Kitasur El Ir. Pasuk in Sefer Devarim describes when you besiege a city, you may not cut down the tree uh, which produce fruit or the, the trees that are on the border of, of, the, of the city. Uh, says, the, uh, says, the, says the Zohar, what's that a reference to? And it's a dirashah, of course, the simple and literal translation in Torah is an actual tree. Alternatively, in Zohar, da Talmid Hacham, it's a reference to a Talmid Hacham. A Talmid Hacham embodies that tree-like nature. It'll reference Etzahayim as being our access to Torah, and as a result, the person who studies the Torah becomes, so to speak, that tree. It's reminiscent of that Gemara in Masechet Ilan Ilan to be able to envision a person as having all of the qualities is to see them as a tree. They have the shade, they have the sustenance, they have the fruits, and so forth. The Ihu Ilana de Hayes, as the Zohar of Talmid Hacham, is the tree of life. Kimimenu Tochem. The reason you can't cut it down is because you'll be eating from it. Well, if we're referring to, says Zohar, that uh, the, the ilan is, uh, is, is a tamid hacham, is the understanding that the person who's besieging the city is going to eat from them. La ela ki mimenu tochal hahu tinra takifa hahid kol ruchin takifin kadishin nafkin mine teleta naaveti uvta leruach kutsha behayalna ela oraita. Rather, the reference in this context of eating from it is the uh, is 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 that the kivyachol the ruach hakodesh is eating from it, meaning this ability to attach to sanctity to kedusha is to be found through the individual who is the talmit hacham dauzaka kivyachol ihu mefarnes la veyahiv la mezona b'hayalma yatir mikol korbenim b'hayalma the talmit hacham is the one who so to speak quote unquote sustains that ruach hakodesh in this world more than any korban zazor umiyomad it Harif bet makdeshan from the time of destruction of Mikdash continues Zohar ubatelu korbanin and we no longer have sacrifices with which to connect to God. Letle the kuchaberechu ela inun milindo oraita. Of course, that's parallel to our Gemara and Berachot and Davchet miyom shahara bet Mikdash. Enlo laKadosh Baruch Hu elar baamot shel halacha bilvad vooraita diit hadasha bepume. Of course, this is a point which Nefesh Ha'ayim has made several junctures through through Sha'ar Dalit. It's not only hearing, speaking, thinking words of Torah. It's the Hidushe Torah. It's the life that we breathe into the, that Torah. It's our own creative interpretations and understandings in Torah. That's the life source of existence. Begin kach ki mimenu tochal velet mezona behayalma el mimenu. It's for that reason the pasuk says you'll be eating from it, and there's no mezona. There's no sustenance other than from it. This is an important line. Says the, the Pasuk says, uh, continues to describe human beings as being the tree of the field. What does it mean that you're the tree of the field? It's a person who's, it's a person 
means upper and lower. This is a person who's known for his both upper and lower forces or ability to affect upper and lower. And this really will be the theme of the next uh, conversation that we'll have over the course of Nefesh HaHayim in the Sha'ar Dalet, Perek Lamedalet. And we've had on more than one occasion, it's the unique stature and characteristic of human beings being able to unify Ila and Tata, the upper and lower domains and realms of existence. I think it's the opposite contrast to all right, food for thought. I mean, talked about the age-old debate he has it between the Mekubalim and Harambam, who's greater. Of course, it's a theoretical debate. Nobody's changing the reality. Human beings are angels. And Nefesh HaChayim takes this in-between uh, uh, approach. He tries to justify both approaches. And uh, his claim is that human beings have the potential, whereas angels have the stature. Angels might have that elevated stature, but human beings have the ability to elevate mundane matters to spiritual matters and to bring spiritual matters into this world. They have the ability to be, as the Navi says, mahalechim, whereas the angels are omedim, are stationary and static in their, sta- in, their, in their stature. Human beings have the ability to unify, to bring forth the ilah and tata. What's that uh, tree of the field? It's, it's the great and strong tree. Again, the Tamit Hacham. Hashem. By the way, Rabbi, that's Pasuk by Isav. And Yitzhak thinks he's speaking to Isav. That's why the Gemara in Masech Ta'anit and Davzain likens similar to Zohar. Talmidei hachamim, or scholars and wise people, to trees. And the Gemara in turn says, you'll eat from it if they're appropriate. If they're wrongful, the mentor, well, distance yourself from them. Says Nefesh HaChayim, it's in line with our vision of the Ilan in the Torah having this dual meaning, not only the physical one in the field, but human beings as well. Talmidei hachamim ubazor, vehechit tekaf, barnash be bekucha berichu, yatkif boraita, dekomandi takaf, a person uh, who, is, uh, who, who, who has some sort of difficulty with Torah in turn is distancing himself from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And if you're looking to strengthen your grasp on Torah and to God and Am Yisrael as a result, it's through Torah, of course, well that we understand. And if instead, you let go of it. You, you, Rafui uh, means it's something that's loose. So maketiv hitrapita iihu hitrapim inoraita biyom sara sar kohecha biyomadi etele akuk biyachod achik le le lishchinta diihu hela de alna. By distancing yourself, by loosening your grasp on Torah, you've distanced. 
Am Yisrael from Hakadosh Baruch Hu yourself in the world as a result. And here's the words that I've been leading you to and prepared you for a few moments ago. The same way the Mishkan was to be envisioned in some unfathomable fashion as the Dira Batachtonim, the lower dwelling place for God, so too through Torah, Lishkon Kavod That's the vehicle, that's the mechanism through which we as human beings can find and locate and bring his presence into this Tatarim. Before the Torah was given to Am Israel, the Torah says, The Pasuk says that Moshe needed to rise, he so to speak, needed to go find this Torah, seek the presence of God up there in the realm. Once the Torah was given, it's only then. Now you can make a dwelling place, Batachtonim. It's a point we've made on so many occasions. It was known as Mishkan Ha'edut. It had resting in it Aron Ha'edut. The Edut, as we understand it, is the Luchot Ha'edut. The Mishkan was only a consequence of the reception of the Torah. You could not, would not, and should not find a dwelling place for God, quote-unquote, whatever that means in Mishkan, in this world without Torah. And there needs to be the vehicle, the mechanism of using and understanding through Torah the presence of God in our midst. Torah is that instrument, that capability that we have to unify upper and lower realms. It's to find God in our midst. Instead of envisioning, as we'll talk about through the continuation of the class, as this separate and disparate domains, Torah is the unifying object. In truth, I've talked on more than one occasion about how in the Mishkan, in the Mikdash, historically we envisioned that unification through korbanot, which makes a lot of sense. A korban, by definition, was the flesh and blood of this world, taking an animal of your possession, slaughtering it with an elevated intent, looking to supernal realms through physical activity, understanding then the smoke which would, as the Hakamim described, rise up as being that conduit between lower and upper realms. That's what Korbanot was, no doubt, at least in my mind. That was the deeper meaning of Korbanot. That was the Avodah that we had in Mishkan Torah is very much the same and might not be in the physical sense, but it does. It's supposed to transform this world, which we walk in, talk in, and operate in on a daily and consistent basis, and find within it, well, that conduit, that ability to connect to upper realms. That's what Torah is supposed to be. It can and did, so to speak, take the place of the korbanot. That's not to say that we don't have other methods and directions of avodah, but in terms of envisioning post-destruction, say the hachamim, says Zohar, the gemara masech berachot, and elsewhere. Well, that's the statement. The statement is, if you're seeking and searching for a collapsing of that separation between upper and lower, between call it divine and mundane, it's through Torah which emanated from above, and in turn we find here, Vedai bidvarenu elulam maskil, says Nefesh Ha'chaim. We can suffice with these words for the wise ones. Hashem itocham, from these words, Yirevi avin darko bakodesh, v'yohaz sedek darko, la'amod al-mishmeret ha'esek patorah kedosha, kol ha'yamim asher ho'chai v'liyot ma'os, bara'u, bachur, batov, lo olukhul abriyot v'alamim kulam la'azon ha'hadruach, liyasro, bor'o yitbarach, poetically he concludes, and he says, use these words, I've written four, four sha'arim, four gates, many chapters. 
much ink was spilled by Nefesh HaChayim in literally, at least when I read it, spilling his soul out, his Nefesh HaChayim out to us to understand and to be able to use his book as a way of comprehending a way of life. Interesting and very appropriate for Nefesh HaChayim to talk not only about our will, our mandate of study of Torah, by so doing, he's made this point many times throughout the Sha'ar that the Torah is Bishvil Reshit, Bishvil Yisrael Shinikru Ureshit, Bishvil Torah Shinikru Ureshit, Bereshit is a reference in the eyes of the rabbis that existence was brought forth for Am Yisrael through Torah Yisrael Voraita Vekucha Berechu Hadu. That's the purpose of creation, to find how, although there is Alma de Peruda, this separated world which we live in, in which it's inconceivable and difficult to understand how it's all one, I can find God in between those gaps. But that's what it's all about, says Nefesh HaChayim. Sheyitukan olam b'machut shakai v'yedakot pa'ul k'yatav v'yato v'chule k'abelu kulam olmachuto yitbarach k'fi harazon ha'elyon yitbarach v'yeh Hashem echad u'shmo echad quite appropriate as well. Of course, it's the way we finish our tefillah. It's the vision of Aharit HaYamim. It is the vision throughout this chapter, throughout much of this book, throughout much of the Mekubalim's thought to bring forth an ihud, to seek and to strive for that ahtut, the ahtut between ourselves and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, between a world which appears to be disparate and separate and his essence to find that unity. Amen ken yihirazon. In order to develop this a bit further, I'd like to bring you through some sources, the first two of which are from Nefesh HaChayim himself. One of them was in Sha'ar Aleph. Sha'ar Aleph, I think I learned together with the group uh, three or four years ago, so it's been a while since we read from Sha'ar Aleph, we learned from Sha'ar Aleph. I did mention earlier in that same area, in this class, the angels, the vision and description of angels vis-a-vis humans and so forth. In a similar context, at the end of Perek He, in Sha'ar Aleph, the Nefesh HaChayim has a footnote. From time to time he has these footnotes, this Haggaha. And he's really dealing with a Midrash, which Rashi cites in Parashat Bereshit. I left the Midrash out for our purposes right now to just read his description, his understanding of what it means to be a human being, how the Torah, how the Hachamim envision our role, our unique capabilities as human beings. Ke'ikar, source number one here, ha'adam hu natu'a b'shoresh nishmato. Our ikar, the ikar of human beings, to understand the principle of human beings is to understand that we are planted above B'shoresh nishmatenu, shoresh of course is the root of our neshama, of our soul, is emanating and is attached to above. V'lazot nikra haguf na'al neged haneshama. This is the, the mekubalim often, zohar often refers to the body as a na'al. We are this shoe, so to speak. Now that's an interesting description. He's going to make a point of this. Instead of envisioning human beings as perhaps having a helek elokamimah, perhaps being sent down from above, so to speak, a portion and a part of our essence. It's to instead envision us as constantly walking within both domains. It means it's not that I have a part of sanctity within me which descended from above but is now severed. Human beings, and of course we're describing Torah as the way of realizing that, have this nishama which is attached to above. Now it's not a physical attachment, but we have, just like a shoe has a foot which comes from above and is stuck into it, so to the nishama, it's not that the, the foot is taken off from the body and put into it, 
It's attached to above. That's this Yehud Olamot. That's what we've been describing. That's what human beings are purposed to do. Fundamentally, think about a life which is lived um, primarily in the mundane domain. So I live my life as a regular life in which I don't find any sanctity. And then I sneak away every seventh day, every few minutes to find some sanctity. That's a separate, disparate life. Well, what do you mean? I was doing the misfot, but your life was not a life of misfot. The description of human beings is not one in which there's that rope and I from time to time hold on to it. Rather, it's an absolute, constant connectedness. That's what Nefesh HaHayim has been striving to get across throughout with regards to human beings as opposed to angels. Angels might be stuck up there. Animals might be stuck down here. Human beings are in between the two. It's a unique and, and, and particular responsibility and characteristics, the characteristics that only human beings have in Ruach HaChayim. That's the commentary that Nefesh HaChayim has on Pirkei Avot. He has a somewhat well-known commentary at the beginning. Many of his commentaries there are well-known. He's Doresh this Pasuk in Yirmiyah. Pasuk says in Lo Biriti, in the middle of the Pasuk, Halo Kodevarai, HaKadosh Baruch Hu speak, I forgot the exact Lashon. And then it continues, Im Lo Biriti Yomam Valayla, Something about paralleling my covenant of day and night, which elsewhere is interpreted as berit mila itself, and elsewhere over here, and in many circumstances, interpreted as and then it says, I wouldn't have the principles of heaven and earth. So his derasha goes as follows. He says the Pasuk in Tehillim has a statement about, uh, well, not yet, okay. It says, but I'll do it now. So the Pasuk, I'll, I'll do it even though he's not talking about it. The Pasuk in Tehillim talks about HaShemayim Shemaim Ladonai V'Ha'aretz Natan Lepnei Adam. To envision the world as separated, we'll get to this point in a bit, is to see a world without Torah. If I see it as Shemaim is for God and Aretz is for human beings, it means there's just a separation between heavens and earth. Instead, he suggests, it's through Biriti Yomam Valayla that I bring forth that merging of Shamayim Va'aret. I'm able to bring the two together. He has, as a matter of fact, the Pesukim, which I love to talk about, which describe rain, and each of those Pesukim, in, in turn, is a reference to the rain's capability. We talked about smoke earlier. It's the rain's capability to bring forth that merging of upper domain of water and lower domain 
domain of water. He says that's the ability human beings have through Torah. He says gavoa me'al gavoa, gavoa me'alehem ad the Torah kedushah ki mimena tosaot hayu mimena yosim kol hahashpaot. That's the ability we have. It's unique. It's particular to Am Yisrael, to humanity, to be able to find God in a lower domain. It wouldn't appear to be that way. This is the midrash that I was referring to here in source number three, the midrash in Shemot Rabbah. As on the one hand, Kol Asher Hafez Adonai Asa Amar David. Afal Pishigazar Hakadosh Baruch Hu Hashemayim Shemayim Ladonai VeAaretz Natalim Fnei Adam Aldo Hakadosh Baruch Hu declared there's a separation between heavens and earth. The heavens are His domain. The earth is our domain. Mashalem Hadavar Domeh says the Midrash. It's similar to Morning Simon. LeMelech Shigazar VeAmar Bnei Romi Lo Yeredu LeSuria Bnei Suria Lo Yalur LeRomi. I don't want. The people, says the king from Rome, to go to Syria, and the people from Syria to make their way to Rome. It appears then, that's where you stay. No, no elevating yourself to the heavens, no discovering the moon, none of that sort of a supernal realms business. This is your land, and that's my domain. Says, says the Midrash, When the Torah was, so to speak, requested by him to be given, that initial gezerah of separating heavens and earth, well, that's what was annulled. How so? He stated, The upper will come down and the lower will go up. The Romans will meet the Syrians and the Syrians will meet the Romans. How so? Well, on the one hand, the Pasuk says, Vayered Adonai al-Har Sinai, Parashat Yitro, and then Parashat Mishpatim, Vel Moshe Amar, Ale el Adonai. The Midrash here has that God, so to speak, descended, and we, so to speak, ascended. The idea, again, being that through Torah, which again, not so hard to understand, to comprehend the most basic sense, we're able to collapse that separation. A barrier between a sacred and profane is broken once I find a mechanism, a mean, to find, to, to, to uh, unifying the two. Whereas Torah is, as we accept it and as we understand it, of divine origin, of the divine word, well, how do I then apply, well, the Torah is speaking in human terminology. The Torah is describing life as we know it. It is the conduit, the direction for collapsing Shamaim and Aretz, finding a unity of sorts. That's the, again, Nefesh HaHayim finished. That oneness, that unity is accomplished through through Torah, through a life, through a vision, through a perspective of Torah. As a matter of fact, the Midrash, furthermore, in Bereshit Rabbah, here in source number four, I cited this at the end of Sha'ar Aleph in Perik Tetvav, if I'm not mistaken. The Pasuk says in Gan Eden, I referenced this Pasuk yesterday afternoon, Pasuk says that they heard the sound of God walking, but it doesn't say walking, it says mithalech. That's interesting, the Midrash picks up on that word, because Midrash says it should say mehalech. What's mithalech? Whether this is a peshat interpretation or not, you'll have to test every other place in the Torah where it says mithalech, or that sort of shorish. For example, by Noah, et ha'elohim hithalech Noah. This derasha will not to the best of my knowledge, be able to explain that one. Okay, but it's a derasha of the hachamim nonetheless. So the derasha goes as follows. It doesn't say mehalech, it says mitalech. What does that mean? It says the midrash, mekapetz ve'oleh, skipping and going up. What does that mean? 
Well, says the Midrash further on, it says, at the creation of existence, at the beginning of existence, creation of the world, God's presence was below. Uh, what, what does that mean? Well, not fully clear what that means, but it does seem to, it's a pasuk in the Torah, which seems to describe the Ruach Elohim, his presence as hovering right above. As Rashi writes over there, you're supposed to envision in some way or fashion, like the bird, which is hovering above the nest. That's where you felt the presence of God. And as humanity sins, or as humanity drives themselves away from him, says the Midrash, he distances himself more and more. Or alternatively, we distance him more and more. Continues the Midrash, as humanity then ascended, the Abraham, the Yitzhak, the Yaakov, and so forth, generations, well, that's the way of, so to speak, bringing him back down. It's a fascinating description to the extent that the Midrash concludes, and it says, until you have Moshe who brings him into this world. He wasn't in this world before him. We didn't have an easy perspective, an easy vision of him before Moshe. Moshe with Torah, and then again, next stage is, v'shachanti betocham. I can now construct a mishkan because I can now envision, I can now wrap my head around a concept in some way or fashion that in this world I'll be able to find godliness because until now I could have found time which with divine nature, I could have found a place perhaps with divine nature, could I really find them in this world? Is there really such an existence? The understanding of the rabbis is through Torah which merges, it's a, it's a strange but seamless merging of Shamaim, Shamaim Ladonai Ve'ad, it's not time Adam, we're able to imagine and find it in our existence, in our lives. I bring you one last step along these lines. It's a point I've made on more than one occasion, perhaps even in this context. The, 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 the Torah in, of course, Parashat Kitisan describes how Moshe comes down from Har Sinai holding the Shene Luchot Berit, seeing Am Yisrael, although he knew about it already, uh, worshipping or dealing with the Egel HaZahav, he shatters the Luchot was that a positive or negative act? Was he uh, exerting his wrath in that moment? Or was this a, uh, a predetermined uh, decision on his behalf? The hachamim envision in Masechet Shabbat and Daf Pezayin as something for which he was lauded. HaKadosh Baruch Hu was very proud of him. Asher Shibarta, the derashan, the word Asher is Yiyasher Kohacha, as an Ashkenazi would say, as my grandfather would say, Yasher Koyach. HaKadosh Baruch Hu turns to him and says, Good job, Hazaku Baruch. It was positive that he shattered the Luchot, the Luchot were Maaseh Elokim. I would suggest, however, that by them being Ma'ase Elohim, as much as Moshe brought them down, there was still something in Torah, in our vision of life, which had a certain barrier. Ironically, because of their more divine nature, may I call it, there was still a barrier of sorts. I'm talking, I'm talking abstractly, I'm not talking physically about the Luchot, I'm talking about what the first Berit was about. The first Berit still presented a barrier between the people and God or the people and divinity, embodied by, quote-unquote, a Luchot, which was Ma'aseh Elohim. As a result, the shattering, says Moshe, as a result of this, when I'm absent, when you're not around and they can't contemplate and feel you, you know what happens? Well, look at what happens. That barrier needs needs to be minimized. We need to, in turn, craft the 
the unity. We need to end that separation. It brings me to the conversation between Ibn Ezra and one of the Geonim in his commentary on the Torah. He cites from one of the Geonim another one of these funny questions. Which were the greater luchot, the first or the second? Again, like the question earlier, what was greater, angels or human beings? I don't know, okay, whatever. But anyway, we could talk about values in that context. I know as we say, the Maynaf Kamina. Values in terms of understanding. Ibn Ezra cites that the, one of the Geonim argued that it was the second luchot, and Ibn Ezra slams him. So how could it be the second luchot? The first ones were the handiwork of God. The second ones were pesol lechav, chiseled by God. Yes, but they were chiseled by Moshe Rabbeinu. It's human beings. Says Nitziv of Elohim in his commentary on the Torah in Ha'amek Tavar here in source number seven. It's exactly what we've been describing but again, I'm going to make it, for our purposes, along our lines, it says, to understand it as positive instead of negative that it was Moshe's work. In our terminology, that was the beginning of unification. That was the ability that we as human beings, instead of saying God is distant from us, let's go seek him out, encountering, encounter him on one occasion or another, be able to look at luchot, which are the handiwork of God, and be impressed. Instead, we're a part and parcel of the process. Instead, that's the, that's the responsibility of human beings. It's the opportunity through Torah to find that within our world, but it's only if we're the ones exerting that. It's the Gemara, Masechet Avodah Zarah, and Afyotet, Amud Aleph. It's the Derasha from the Pasuk at the beginning, in the Ashari Ha'ish, in the beginning of Tehillim. And the Pasuk says, Ki im b'Torato ma'i chefso, u'v'Torato yehge yomam v'alayla. So it's a Derasha. Peshat is not simple in this context, along this line of the Derasha either. But it says, Ki im b'Torato Adonai chefso. Initially, the Pasuk says, Torat Hashem. And then it says, u'v'Torato. U'v'Torato might still be the Torah of of God, but instead it sounds like his Torah, the Ashrei Ha'ish person's Torah. Which one is it? Is it the Torah of God or the person's Torah? Says the Gemara in the name of Rava, Batehila. Initially, it's Nikreta Shemoshela Kadosh Baruch Hu. In our words, initially it's Hashemayim Shemayim Ladonai. Initially, it's up on the top of the mountain. And once a person immerses himself in it, once the lenses that are placed on our eyes and our life, our perspective is one of Torah, now it's Torato. Now it's one in which we have merged them because we have founded in a creative, but capacity and way which we're imbued with, which we're commanded to do. I bring you back to the insistence on Hidushe Torah in Nefesh Ahayim. It's not just hearing words of Torah. That would be a barrier still. That would be Ma'aseh Elohim. It's the Hidushe Torah. It's the novelties which we construct and understand through it. I'll conclude in turn with the Midrash and Bimidbar Rabbah here in source number nine. It's the Dirasha on the words in the Pasuk. The Pasuk says Yom Ehad, of course, in creation of the world. Instead of saying Yom Rishon, as it says afterwards, Sheni, Shilishi, and so forth, it says Yom Ehad, the Midrash, Rashi doesn't cite this part of the Midrash. Rashi does pick up on this, likens it again. It's in Bimidbar Rabbah. It understands this as, so to speak, the precursor. God is Kivyachol, looking forward to the real Rishon. What's the real Rishon? The real Rishon is the Rishon of Nisan, of the Chodesh HaShivi, Hakamat HaMishkan. What's the connection between creation of the world and Hakamat HaMishkan? Well, the description is one and the same. Here it is, a world which is crafted, an existence which is brought forth, but has that separation. There's the upper and lower waters. There's a separation. There's the Kadosh Baruch Hu's Mekapet Ve'olekiv as we described. In order to merge them, in order to bring them together, in order to synthesize, to live a life, to understand existence, 
to find it and preach it, one in which there's not compartmentalization, there's not this disparity of here's my holy life and there's my profane life, here's when I'm honest and there's when I'm not, it's to be able to bring them together. That is through a life of Torah, it's the easiest way to describe it, it's one in which I understand, I find and I see within anything and everything that I'm doing if the proper perspective is there. Which means to say that if I'm living a life, Charles is not here this morning, but that was a Charles life line to me more than once. It's the words throughout, not Charles, wrong Charles. Charles, it was Judah who said this, I'm sorry. Yes, Charles is here, I know Charles is here. Judah made this point to me, he said to me that we talk about the study of Torah throughout, but if you're reading it carefully, he's not only talking about study of Torah, he's talking about study of Torah, which then continues, quote unquote, outside of the Midrash. I'll conclude the way we began with that Midrash, Mechila, Charles. I'll begin, I'll, I'll conclude with that Midrash that we mentioned earlier, the Arba Amot Halacha. It's an interesting reference. It's not the uh, Midrash of Halacha, it's not the Kenis of Halacha, it's Enlo La Kadosh Baruch Hu Ela, Arba Amot Shel Halacha Bilvad, Arba Amot Shel Halacha, as I mentioned, is the personal domain of the person. It's not per se the book, it's certainly not the room, it's rather the Arba Amot Shel Halacha, when the person becomes that Mikdash Me'at, which we saw in Zohar earlier, which Nefesh Hayim described, Mikdash Me'at, because of the study of Torah, well then it's the Arba Amot, any and every reference reference and vantage point and moment and location in life will become that makom hamikdash hameat. It's as well, it's the Gemara and Masechet Shabbat, which describes the coercion of accepting the Torah being, if you'll accept the Torah as HaKadosh Baruch Hu raises the mountain over us, as says mutah. If not, sham kivuratechem. So there's a diuk of the Aharonim. What's sham? There will be your destruction. There means at any juncture during which you're not involved in it, which means to say it's a constant involvement and vision of this unification, this ahtuta onamot, the ability to take ila'a and tata'a, which only human beings can and must, which Torah gives us the mechanism and vehicle to do. Baruch Adonai Amen ve